You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Don't be all else to me, save that thou art. Would you join me for a word of prayer? Blessed God, we thank you for the opportunity to be here again in your house of prayer and praise. And to receive from you what only you can give. The blessings of your body and blood to sustain us. And your word to enlighten our minds. Strengthen us and bless us through that word now, O Lord. That we might, with a better formed faith, follow your command and follow you. We ask it in the precious name of our Savior, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm standing back and up a little bit because I found out it makes the microphone act a little less wonky before the tech people get here. Um, uh, A quick word, um, you may notice my voice sounds a little bit funny. On the drive back, I started to get this weird head coldy thing. I don't want to share it with you, so I'm bumping elbows at the back of the church. You'll also notice that I won't be distributing the bread at communion, so... Um, but I am going to share with you some, something else I picked up down there uh, it, later on in this sermon, and that was the good part of the trip. <laughs> um, so uh, this, of course, is th- this passage from the Gospels is one that one of the more famous parts of the New Testament. Most Christians know the phrase "become fishers of men" or something, depending on the translation you grew up with. Um, it's a very famous passage, but um, it also when it comes up, we approach it with a little bit of temerity because. It feels like that morning that the pastor is obligated to lay a guilt trip on us about our our lack of doing evangelism. So uh, I'm going to turn your attention to the screen here uh, for a a little public service announcement. Suppose there was a group who set out for a fishing trip. The group was led by a guy. They trusted with these things like this. Bob Blake this year. He led them to water, but the group became full of excuses for why they couldn't fish. Some people came on the trip dressed apart and full of great fishing stories, but never seemed to do anything. Some claimed they did not have the heart to fish. I think. You know what? This is too cruel. You know it's a rubber worm. Some said the work should be left to those who were more skilled in the art of fishing. Come on, let's go get a cat. Shouldn't you know fishing? No, 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 no. You can do it to no sense. But some claim that fishing was not their gift. Oh, hey, uh, uh, fishing is really not my thing. It's actually scored a zero on my spiritual test. Oh, no, we can still really use it. Before the guys could finish, Carl is corrupted. Some of the people fishing said they just didn't have time to fish. 
Matt, where are you going? Oh, yeah. I, I, I have an appointment. Um, thing that's going around. Okay, it's okay. I got a kiss. Doing great. Great. Whoa. And some people, well, they just have problems. Hey, my hook's caught on something. What's it called? If everyone did their part, imagine the fish that could be caught. So I hope that fulfilled your expectations. <laughs> But um, before you, we go too far down this road, here's what I want you to know. Um, I am not this guy. Can you flick me forward one, Molly? Click, click the arrow forward. There we go. That's not me in this parable. Okay, it's not the pastor. This is Jesus. Okay. Um, when I actually go to share my faith with others, I typically feel more like this guy. Um, in fact, I think of the conversations I've had over the years, particularly with family, but also with my friends from high school and stuff like this. Um, you know, I can look at my I can look at my my wedding pictures and know that all the guys on the groom side, I'm the only Christian in that group. <laughs> okay. And I find myself getting snarled when I want to share my faith with them. And um, I think it's in large part because I don't really know the ABCs of fishing. Okay? Um, in fact, for me, when I try to do this fishing stuff, when I try to do this sharing of my faith with others, um, what I get is a kind of anxiety born of concern. Okay? And it's real concern. Concern for the people I love. These friends and family members um, that I really want to share my faith with. I'm concerned about their lack of faith. I think that they're missing out on things. And yet, I'm afraid that anything I say or do is going to make a bad situation worse. I'll endlessly, when I know I'm going to have to have one of these conversations, go over in my mind what would be the best bait in my tackle box to, to try and lure them towards Jesus? Or what would be the best situation in which I could bring up the conversation? And, uh, you know, that's like, that's like practicing your casting. We actually, I remember when I was a kid one time, we were going, I had, I had this is the nightmare scenario for the older brother. I was, I was supervising the sleep out of the younger brothers, and I thought a great thing would be to take them all fishing the next morning, because we had a little irrigation pond on the farm across the street. Well, one kid had apparently never gone fishing, but he'd watched like some movie where they were fly fishing. Now, you know how you throw a fly rod, right? He thought that's how you threw any other rod, too. And the one with the guy with the fish hooks like this, right through the kid's ear. He came dangling a treble hook lure about that long down to his... So we ended up in the emergency room that morning, <laughs> getting the hook cut out and him getting a tetanus shot. It was a lot of fun. And that's in my mind what's going to happen every time I, I engage in one of these conversations about faith. I feel like I get hopelessly snarled up in what I'm doing. And that, whether we're angsting about when to bring up the topic, 
Maybe sometimes the topic gets thrown in our lap and we weren't expecting it and we suddenly find ourselves tongue-tied or, or we just don't know how to share this thing that's really important to us. It only starts to get easier, easier when our anxiety born of concern... Molly, could you, t- could you click that forward for me again? When that anxiety born of concern becomes an assurance born of Christ... Now, I mean this in a real technical sense and in two ways. An assurance born of Christ comes about in two ways. One of them, first and foremost, is to realize that it is not our job to catch fish. It's not our job to land the person in faith. Paul said one plants and other waters, but God brings the growth. It's not our job to try and get somebody the whole journey. Maybe our job is to answer one question they have. Maybe our job is just to share something that's important to us and let that sit with them for a year or two or ten. This all happens in God's timing. But another way that assurance of Christ comes to us is when we spend more time with Christ. More time through the word and the prayer that that word will inspire. Or the word as we've encountered it here at church, whether in the readings of scripture, by God's grace through the words of a sermon, or in a conversation we had in the social hall. Or with a trusted friend who's on a spiritual path with us. The assurance of knowing Christ more deeply on this trip, uh, we, we drove back and forth to Florida and we spent a lot of family time together. And I think we, we, spent a, we got into a conversation about maybe because, you know, Ian's a freshman in college and Elizabeth is, is a senior in high school. We were talking about the different paths our lives have gone on in the years that we've been raising them. And somehow we got on the conversation of what if we had stayed at this other church I'd been at where I'd been so busy that I was typically, I think my father-in-law clocked five weeks in a row, I worked more than 70 hours. And, and Elizabeth piped up and she said, well, you wouldn't have a relationship with me at all. A relationship requires time with the person. So the more time we spend with Christ, more time we have invested with him, the more assurance we will have in Christ. And that assurance... That assurance that it's not our job to fix all this, to make, in fact, it shouldn't be our job to fix anybody. Our job's just to share with them. That assurance may lead us to do some strange things. And this is what I'm going to share with you, part of what I experienced this past week. Um, Pastor Brad Hales and I have been friends for a long time. Here's what you should know about Brad. Brad was pastoring a very successful church in upstate New York. Had about twice as many people in worship as we have on a given Sunday. Had a couple million dollar endowment. Um, They were coming in above budget every year. And Brad's father had been a superintendent of schools. And Brad... um, had developed some, some really strong administrative skills. And he had this conviction that, you know what? Small churches need, needed strong pastors with administrative skills as well as large ones. So he left that church and took a call with a church in Culpeper, Virginia. And that church had gone from having its own building and was in such free fall, it had shrunk down to 30 members 
and was renting space from an out-of-business funeral home. Now, if you think it's hard to get people to visit your church, imagine when you're in a small town and you're inviting them to the funeral home. His counsel called the bishop and said, could you make him get a psych evaluation before he changes? Well, I'm going to let Brad share with you what the Holy Spirit, through this assurance born of Christ, had him do. Or maybe I won't. All right. We're discovering our technology's wonky. I guess I'm going to tell Brad's story for him. <laughs> um, what Brad did, he, that first morning, he, he said, you know, with 30 people, the minimum age of the congregation was 60. As he said, I was pretty sure we would not be in offering comprehensive youth ministry anytime soon. The first Sunday he was there, he said he felt the Spirit saying, get out of this building. So this little, this, you know, out-of-business funeral home was sitting uh, on Main Street. So he went out the door and just started waving at people as they drove by. And he said it was amazing the reactions he got. People shouted at him. People called him names. People used amazing hand gestures, you would think, on a Sunday morning. But here's some other things they did. Some people pulled over to the side of the road and asked if they could have a prayer. Some people said, I want to offer you a word from God to encourage you. So one Sunday he was out there waving and a man was walking down the street and he said, you know, I am just gotten out of the state penitentiary after seven years. Would I be welcome in your church? And Brad said, come on in, brother. And he said he journeyed with him and helped him through. Uh, he had some mental problems and finally ended up doing his funeral. There was a 7-Eleven across the street and every Sunday a group of people on Harleys would pull in, get donuts and coffee and watch the crazy guy across the street. And they finally came over and decided to introduce themselves. He said, now they're part of the backbone of the congregation. Brad got known throughout the community. He's been there 18 and a half years now. And he's become trusted. So much so that in this past year, someone from another church called him and said, can you tell me about Jesus? The church he belongs to is very legalistic, very rules-oriented, very earn-your-place. And Brad was able to share with him the love of a God who would go to the cross, go to any length needed to reconcile himself, to lift us out of our broken condition and set us on our feet again, to heal the wounds that the world has done to us, and help us grow stronger. So that this man, when he died, died not in the fear of the judge he was about to meet, but in an assurance born after a lifetime of attending church of knowing Christ for the first time. And that leads to the final ABCs of fishing. 
Well, I learned from another pastor in our denomination, Peter DiBartolo, some of us who all went down to Dillsburg a couple years ago, met him. And it's always be casting. I'll never forget my first fishing trip. My first fishing trip, my dad was smart. He took us down um, and we had little cut up hot dogs. And he took us down to that irrigation pond. I got the kid the new earring in. And... Uh, and he took us down at that part of the spring when the sunfish are defending their nests. And all we had to do is throw our thing in the water and the bobber went down. Because all they were doing was hitting anything that came near their, their nest. I think we went home with 40 sunnies that day. But you go real fishing? And on that, the second trip, I remember, well, at least I remember the first trip that we came home with no fish. And my dad said, that's why they call it fishing, not catching. See, we're called to be fishers of men, not catchers of men. The Holy Spirit's job is to catch them and clean them and bring them to a fully-fledged faith. Our job is simply to know Christ well enough to live our lives in step with the master fisherman. Let his life begin to work through us so that our joy may be apparent to those around us. And if the moment comes, not for us to be pushy and stuff our faith down other people's throats, but when they want to hear, when they have a question, when a natural conversation leads us in that direction to have earned their trust enough because we really are their friends, that we can become that confidant in whom they can ask a question that might be a little tender for them and difficult to ask. One other stop we made on our journey through Florida was to visit an old friend in ministry. Um, we ministered side by side for a long time um, and um, he's retired now and one of the great heartbreaks of his retired life is that all three of his children have abandoned their faith. Two of them for kind of a hardcore atheism and one of them for something a little more esoteric. And um, in particular, the one family, one, one of his uh, sons, his son and his wife said to them, you are not to talk to our children about God or Jesus no matter what. It'll just confuse them. So what are they to do? Well, they pray, obviously, for their children and their grandchildren, but... All they can do is live their lives. And just in the living of their lives, their eight-year-old grandson came to them recently and said, Pop, Pop, why do you love God so much? Now he has instructions from his son on what he's allowed to do. And I hope, I hope his grandson holds on to that question long enough that he can say, Right question. Come back and ask me when you're older. We are called to always be casting. By the way we live our lives, ready always to give a reason for the hope that is within us, as Peter will say in his letter. Because someone else was casting enough that we have received that word whereby the Holy Spirit brought us to faith. 
We have received the embrace of Christ and we are to always be casting so that others around us can receive the same. Would you join me for a word of prayer? Lord, you are a God who is so patient. Been patient enough with all of us who are in this room. Grant us, Lord, to be patient and to always be casting on the days when it seems like there's no point in fishing. You've called us to cast, not to catch. Help us to have the courage to do that. Help us to grow in our own relationship with you so that assured by your love we can do outrageous things like standing by the side of the road and waving. Maybe as outrageous as sharing our faith with a friend who utterly rejects it. Whatever it is you called us to do, Lord, grant us the courage to do it and the assurance of walking with you as we do. For you are the master fisherman. And into your hands we commend ourselves. We ask it in your name, for you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that thou art. Be thou my best thought in the day and the night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence my light.